Welcome back to the podcast created to help you add more joy, creativity, confidence, and general feel goodness to your life. And that is just what we have lined up for today's episode. In this episode, we're joined by Danielle Brooker, who is a joy activation coach and positive thinking enthusiast. Danielle works with and guides ambitious, busy, and always on mamas or those in mothering roles to ditch their overwhelm and step into their joy. She believes that joy is not just a nice to have, but a necessity, one that requires daily practice and that unlocking ourselves from busyness is the fastest and most sustainable way for us to experience a life that completely lights us up regardless of the demands on our time and energy. In addition to her coaching practice, Danielle is also the author of Freedom From Busy, Practical Strategies to Release Your Inner Control Freak and Reclaim Your Joy. In our conversation today, we dive into the world of coaching and discuss practical strategies for releasing your inner controlled freak and finding more joy in your life. Danielle shares her insights on how to overcome overwhelm and reclaim your energy, time, and happiness. We also explore the concept of busyness and how to get clear on what's really causing it in our lives, as well as sharing some tips for how to create more space and balance in your daily routine. So let's jump into this conversation and discover how to break free from the busyness trap and live a more fulfilling, joyful life with Danielle Brooker. My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister and each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm gonna teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together and with the right mindset we can face anything hello danielle welcome to the podcast i am so excited to have you on as a guest also because you were one of the first podcasts that I ever guested on um, way back before the lockdowns of 2020. So I'm so excited to be able to have you on as a guest on my podcast and dive into such a big chat about all of the lovely work that you do. But before that, I would love if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Absolutely. That's so cool that you reminded me of that, Laura, because I remember on our podcast and our just chat before we hit record that you were talking about starting your own podcast. And it's one of my favorite things in life is to like watch people bring the, you know, seemingly crazy ideas life. Like at the time, you know, it's like, oh my God, it's going to be this podcast. And then you check in with them, you know, moments later or years later, whichever, they're like, I've done this thing and it's so easy and I love it. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like that's really honestly if I could sum it up like that's the heart of my work is really helping people in whatever way I can open that portal to just like as as kind of crazy or possibly even cliched as it sounds is to really help them bring that dream to life the way that that comes through me though through, through a couple of key lenses I guess and one of those very much being about joy activation I really feel like when people are holding back on things like that, that they really want to do, it's because they're holding back on their joy. And joy sounds like this lovely, nice to have thing. And it sounds like therefore it's going to be really easy and it's just going to show up in, in our life. But actually we have all these unconscious ways that we block our joy constantly and we don't allow, allow ourselves to feel good. And therefore we're blocking all this other stuff happening, right? 
So joy activation to me is really about guiding people to reconnect with that feeling, guiding people to actually have a practice of joy in their life because it is like a muscle and to help them dismantle some of the patterns that block our joy, one of the biggest ones being busy. So that's why a lot of our conversations to date have been a lot around that kind of busy cycles that we get caught up in and thinking that we have to do all the things and you know, prove ourselves and, you know, do it right and do it perfectly and control everything that's going on around us. And what I've found is that not only does that process burn you out physically, mentally, emotionally, that process actually also blocks your joy. I love that. I love, first of all, that you self-describe yourself as a joy activation coach. I was like, Refreshing, refreshing on your work before while I was planning for the episode. And I, I know that you've recently refreshed your website. And when I saw that, I was like, that is so Danielle. And also, I just love that. A joy activation coach is like something I feel like we all need a little bit more of in our life. But for anyone who doesn't understand what that means or what that might involve in terms of working with you as a joy activation coach, what does working with a client look like for you compared to a more traditional life and career coach? It's something that if I'm completely honest, I've suffered a lot of, uh, you talk about, let's call it imposter syndrome. You know, in my kind of quote marks life coaching journey, yeah. I I would often go to that, that voice of like, uh, can I really call myself a life coach? What's a life coach? Like, no, wait, what are they going to think? You know, some people are going to think, oh, what's a life coach? And other people are going to think like, oh, is she really qualified? Like I, I went through a lot of that in the early years. And so the title to me has been that point of like, well, what am I? You know, particularly when, the, you know, what I love is it's just kind of exploded, like the self-help, the amount of personal growth that you can connect with. Um, and I love that. I love that. For my, I love that there's all these, there are much easier access points and also it does mean that there's all these different titles and what do they all mean right (laughs) oh I can so So, relate to that because I mean even just like on a personal level something that I've went through since I started working for myself was can I call myself an artist I'm not an artist an artist paints an artist is this an artist is that it's like no trying to like step in and and own that that title and that identity because then you really like show up and bring the best version of yourself to that. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it was really about like, I'm like, well, I do all these other things as well. Like it, it didn't feel like it fits. So as much as there's a little bit of that kind of self going on, it was also just like calling myself a life coach. Yes, there are coaching skills and techniques. I've, I'm a, a trained accredited coach, you know, yes. There are certain traditional techniques that I use. But then there's all this other stuff. There's all this other stuff that I integrate into the process with my clients, into the process with any of my digital courses, any of my teachings. And so I really felt like I needed something that explained that a little bit more. And for a while it was Joy Coach because it really, every single pathway with every single client started with, I'm busy and burnt out. And then the journey we went on was actually, it's not really about and burnt out it's that you don't know how to feel good so let's help you figure that out yeah the activation part to me has really come more recently and I've been on a huge change journey as you know in the last couple of years I guess and the activation part really sunk in because I believe that you know this exists in all of us we all have the, have the ability to learn these skills we also have the ability to tune into that part of us that already exists right we all can we all are meant to feel joyful. We are all meant to do what we're destined to do in the world. You know, you know if I can be, <laughs> if I can go big for a minute. Go big, go big. That's, <laughs> that's what I love about you. That's why you always inspire me. I've always been the big thinker. And activation to me is, yes, activating that part of you again, tuning back into your, your voice, um, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. But it's more than that. Activation is about getting back into your body. Activation is really about feeling again, like quite physically feeling your feelings again. And that is a huge part of the work that I do. And I'm not a somatic therapist or I'm not a, I don't know, a yoga teacher or any of those kind of like maybe more specific in your body kind of teachers. 
However, in my learned experience and all the different integrative experiences I've had, it's always come back to the body. And it's always come back to like, if you if you can't feel what's going on inside of you when you're trying to be busy and numb everything around you, you're not going to be able to access any of that other stuff. Now, I know that we're kind of jumping into deeper topics here and your question was a little bit more simpler. <laughs> no, but I think highlighting the importance of that activating because as you were saying that, I was like, yes, this so, first of all, resonates with me and my own experience, but also what I observe about the world and other people. While we're digitally connected basically 24-7, we're becoming more and more disconnected, not only in terms of our relationships with each other and how we communicate and how we really like socialize, but also with ourselves. I think there's a very easy escape around feelings now is that we can just go online or scroll on social media and disconnect from those feelings that we're feeling. And until we activate those big feelings and and a lot of them, the uncomfortable feelings, we're not going to know how to get to the feel good feelings because we have to understand what we don't like in understanding in order to understand what we really do. And that that lesson in particular has been a huge lesson learner for me in my life and has helped me get really big decisions. So on a practical level, um, really short is I have a range of different coaching programs and support, which could look like um, video coaching sessions. It could look like a mini course, digital course, or it could look like, um, you know, like voice note sessions back and forth. And within those sessions, I do some, effectively, if anyone's ever heard of neuro-linguistic programming, it's a little bit of that, kind of like getting into the limiting belief systems and unpicking that. And then it's also a lot of wellness tools, mindfulness, but really, I make you, I make you feel. If I could sum it up in one little, one little nugget, you talk to me, I make you feel. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And we, we need those big feelings, all of them, all of the big feelings are welcome. And let's let's bring it back to that big feeling of joy, which is such an overarching theme in all of your work. From your experience working with your clients and also living your own experience of leaning into this energy of joy and trying to thread more joy into your life and supporting your clients to do the same, what is or are the biggest blocks that you see people come up against in terms of having more joy in their lives for me the absolute biggest blocker is one that you might not even suspect it because it seems small and subtle and not that big a deal and the biggest blocker for me is your pattern or cycle of busyness that you might be calling hard work you might be calling i'm really ambitious you might be calling it's just a period of time or oh, it's just a little bit of stress it's going to pass when we unpick that, and I really do work at this kind of deeper level, which is why I don't do things like one-off coaching sessions, we, we kind of go on a journey together. When you unpick that, that really shows up or presents itself as a numbing process or a numbing behavior that is blocking you from feeling bad. So um, I'm going to keep busy so that I don't have to return that really awkward conversation with my best friend because we're like having an argument right now, or I'm going to I'm just going to stay back late at work and do one thing because uh, then I don't have to go home and feel really lonely or like whatever that, that that feeling is that you're trying to block. Renee Brown has this incredible quote. She effectively says that you, like the concept is that you cannot numb one emotion at a time, right? Because like literally the receptor of your brain, like if you are numbing your discomfort, if you are numbing your frustration, if you are numbing your anger, you are also numbing your feel-good emotions. You're also numbing your higher vibration emotions. You're numbing your joy. You're numbing your happiness. You're numbing your excitement because that's how the emotional spectrum works. If you're just kind of putting pause on that whole spectrum, well, you're kind of just stepping aside, dissociating entirely. And that's really the essence of my work as well because people don't realize in my experience and you know, my community, at least not consciously, that by trying to kind of hold off on like feeling awkward stressed or uncomfortable you're also holding off on all of these other beautiful emotions and so the thing that blocks our joy the most for me shows up as busyness like i, I can associate 
so many presenting kind of like issues or presenting transition points that my clients might present to me as this pattern of busyness masked in other ways. Mm. And again, I can relate to that as we were talking about before we hit record on this episode. Last year when I moved home and that was a big transition to process, I pushed off processing dealing with that change by filling my life with busyness. And then when those big feelings found their way to me because they can and they do sometimes in a very unexpected way then it's kind of like all of a sudden you're hit with everything all at once and you feel like there's no way you can get back to joy but I love that you've put it into that perspective of you can't numb one and still feel the other if you're feeling like there's a lack of feel good emotions in your life of joy then maybe having that self-check-in of, well, what am I avoiding dealing with? Because sometimes until I get real and I get uncomfortable and I deal with that, I'm not going to be able to access the other feelings. That is a really good transition to bring us to the topic of your book, which you already mentioned. I love your book. I have my copy of it here. Just so you can see so many passages in this book highlighted I love that your pink highlighter matches the front cover that really like soothes my nervous system (laughs) I can tell you that that was not accidental Danielle (laughs) I am that kind of person that will pick a highlighter to match the cover of the book that is not accidental (laughs) but I I love it so much firstly let me just take a moment to talk about this title because when I first read the title when you reached out to me and said you're bringing this out can I send you a copy I got so excited about the title because the title of this book is freedom from busy practical strategies to release your inner control freak and reclaim your joy what a good title as someone who self-describes as a perfectionist and people pleaser in recovery. When I saw that bit about releasing your inner control freak, I was like, I need this book now. And as you can see by the many highlighted passages, I soaked up every bit of that. How is it that you came to that being the focus you wanted to give to your book? Because obviously, as you've already said, there are so many different areas to your work. You use so many different types of tools in your joy activation, coaching. So how did you land on this as the topic that you wanted to write when you felt pulled to write this book? You know what, Laura? It was actually a really easy, obvious choice, really. I I have my own podcast. I had been recording a combination of solo and guest interviews for a while. And before that, I'd had this other podcast that they don't even know about it was like you know a handful of my clients used to listen to it <laughs> one one still reminds me of it it's like oh, i still listen to that friend review episode i'm like great what i'm trying to say is like in the process of just like talking out all of these things that would come up in coaching sessions or come up in my own life or just kind of shares like really just honest shares there there were really obvious patterns that would just keep coming up over and over everyone kept saying oh what type of person do you work with i'm like well i don't know like this person's like, you know, corporate busy, stressed out. This person's an entrepreneur. This person's about to become a mom. Like, there was just such a mix. And I, it really frustrated me in the market. Like, I can't tell you the one person. But what I could tell you is it was the same pattern. You know, like, they might come to me saying, oh, I need a new job. And then, like, within 10 minutes into the conversation, it's like, oh, no, that's not what the thing is. And the pattern that kept showing up over and over and over again, no matter what, presenting kind of thing was or the goal or anything like that was effectively this pattern of busyness that they were holding on to and busyness is busy is kind of a nice way of saying that actually that's your control freak showing up (laughs) you know like busy is the light-hearted yeah I'm just busy but I'm like actually what's going on beneath the surface is that there's this control pattern happening in short to answer the question quite easy it was just like oh showing up like everything I'm teaching and showing and guiding and all the strategies and practical tools that we go through are effectively to un you know dismantle this pattern so that you can can experience a different way of you know showing up in your life and then the control freak thing I really want to get into I was that was going to be my next question because obviously freedom from busy I think that's something that anyone can see that title and go I need that 
But I love that your subtitle also really mirrors what you've talked about in your work, which is everyone comes and goes, I'm really stressed, I'm really busy. And then the underlying issue is the control freak. And as I've already said, I, I see myself as this perfectionist in recovery. And my inner control freak, I feel like creeps in and out every so often. And it's in those moments where like life is a little bit difficult, my inner control freak will go, oh, let's fix this by reorganizing something or you know oh, absolutely. you have a deadline coming up why don't you just like do a huge house clean like it's that as you've already said that distracting busyness almost as a self-sabotaging at least like from my experience <laughs> that stops yeah, you is. from getting to what it is you you really want and the beautiful the beautiful thing is like you're really aware of it. you've done a ton of work you've hung out you know, in this space, you, you've you've learned. The, the, the interesting thing, though, is until you know that, you don't know that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, so you do just feel really busy and stressed, and that totally was me in a previous career where it was just holding on to the importance of busy, holding on to wanting to do a great job, yes, and also wanting to look really good. You know, wanting to prove, I don't know, to myself, to others that, hey, like, I, I'm amazing at this thing. I've worked, you know, I was a, I worked hard all my life. I, I studied really hard at school. I did the honours degree. I did all the things and then, like, got the good job. So, effectively, the next step to me was do really good at your job. Yes, I was busy and stressed. But what was really going on is that I was holding myself back from what I really wanted to do. And I had these lessons that kind of helped point me in, in that direction where I did make choices that felt really incredible and made literally no sense on paper. And, and so that's just kind of a, a snapshot of that that moment in time, but that lesson continues, right? It's not like one and done. It's not like, yay, I figured that out years ago. Yay, let me come teach it to you. It's like, no, no, I'm still learning that now, like <laughs> over and over and over again. And so that's where that control freak kind of part of the title came from is that I would never have described myself as a perfectionist or a control freak. <laughs> But then this like thing kept showing up and I'd get like similar pattern to what you just described, you know, like I'd get busier to try and resolve the busyness, try and feel less stress. I would feel like, okay, well, if I could just get all the stuff done and do that really good and help that person and take that on. Um, and I realized in the process, like that, that was my control freak. And if someone said to me, oh, you're being a control freak, it would uh, absolutely fire me up. I would be so like, I'm not a control freak. What are you talking about? But I mean, that response in itself is, is a control freak. <laughs> I can so relate to that. I hope that my partner does not listen to this because he will throw this back in my face because that's like a coping coping mechanism. Again, yeah. like as someone who struggles with anxiety, my coping mechanism that I have adapted from stages in my life, busy means okay, busy means successful. And if you look like you're busy, then no one's going to ask questions about what you're feeling. So when I'm anxious about one thing, I start doing that, trying to control things. And also sometimes trying to control like other people's responses to things or like how they're acting. And it's really just me trying to not deal with how I'm feeling. If I can control that person, then that's going to make me feel better about what I'm feeling. But it's really about that connecting with yourself and doing that work. And I think one thing that you really said that is, so important is that it's not a you figure this out and then it's okay for the rest of your life it's a practice sorry spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like when people ask me about mindfulness it's like how can I be more mindful it's like it's not one thing it's a practice it's trying it's that self-awareness isn't it self-awareness is a practice it's like getting to know what are your triggers what are your flaws what are your subconscious default modes so that you can recognize yourself when you fall into them because you will and that's where the work is valuable it's not that you're going to fix all of the issues it's that you're going to become aware of all of the issues so you can spot them when they come up and i will just say that's a spoiler alert i will also say oh my god it gets more fun along the way yes. like when the more you know the more exciting it is to know more and to figure it out and like you are figuring it out at a, a bigger, better, different level and different perspective. And one of 
um, my dear, dear mentors. I absolutely love this woman. Her name's Kate Northrup, and I'm in a membership community of hers called Origin, the Origin membership. And I've been in it for like five plus years. I just, I'm never leaving. <laughs> it's my support group. Hope she, <laughs> hope, she, hope she knows this. One of the things that she often talks about, though, when we're talking about like levels of success as well, is she's like, yeah, you're going to keep learning the same lesson over and over again. But like, she talks about the spirals case and that visual, I mean, I'm sure other people have spoken about this before, but the visual that she planted in my, you know, in my head many years ago was the spiral upwards. And she's saying like, you know, you're taking steps upwards and then you're kind of, you know, like you're peering down that balustrade and you're like, all right, everything looks different from up here now. Yes. And things are a little bit further away and like, yeah, it's the same lesson, but it's different and it feels different and I'm over here. So, you know, and I just, I love that reminder as well. So just in case everyone's like, oh my God, why do it? If, if this would be the same <laughs> like, thing. I don't want to open this Pandora's yeah. box, but I get like, that just reminds me of one of the quotes, which I think is from your book or else you said it on Instagram, which is the lessons you're learning today will be the tools that you'll use tomorrow. So like, yes, the work is hard and yes, you learn the same lessons over and over again, but learning them helps you show up for yourself and show up for the next challenge in a completely different way and it helps you move through through things faster and it helps you get that sense of I guess accomplishment because you've developed this really deep relationship with yourself and so when you move through those things and you remember to pull out your tools it's like yes I still had the wobbly moment but look at how I helped myself move through it. Hey there, lovely listeners. Can you believe that there is only a few weeks and a few episodes left in season two of Fill Up Your Cup podcast? If you're enjoying the show and you want to be even more involved, then I am delighted and excited to announce that I'll be hosting a special live version of our podcast, Fill Up Your Cup Live in March, and I would love for you to join us. This is your chance to connect with me, your favorite podcast host and internet big sister, as well as other like-minded listeners in real time. We'll be discussing some of our most popular topics, and I'll be answering your questions live in the recording. It's going to be amazing. So whether you're sipping coffee in your cozy pajamas or chilling on the couch with a glass of wine, you can join us from the comfort of your own home on Zoom and I promise you're going to leave feeling good. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be a part of the Fill Up Your Cup community and to connect with other amazing listeners. You can find the link to register for Fill Up Your Cup Live in the show notes of this episode, as well as all of the details that you need to know about the live episode recording. I can't wait to see you there. Let's come like stick with the the control freak for someone who is listening who can relate to that and, and can see that in themselves what are the first steps for starting to release your inner control freak as you so beautifully put it in the title of your book so a couple of suggestions that come you know straight to mind one of the tools that i talk about in my book i call it head to heart and it's like this ridiculously simple, quick visualization that I'm sure thousands of other coaches, healers, self-help entrepreneurs talked about or shared at some point in time. Like, who knows who first came up with this specific visualization, but I've just kind of turned it into my own and enhanced it and, you know, played around and given it my own juice, which is effectively to get out of your head and into your heart. Like, that's as, as it is. But what I do in the visualization is I really talk you through this process of like just pausing for a moment and like just noticing how busy shows up in your head. Like for me, my head actually feels quite like tight, like a tight headache, like a like literally I can almost feel things moving around in my head and it's quite full when I'm in that state. So if you can just pause for a moment and literally notice how it feels in your head and then the visualization, I'll, I'll do it in three seconds right now, is 
yourself down in an elevator into your heart and you notice how it feels in there. And like there's, there are tons of ways that you can amplify that to really get into it. But what that helps you do in the moment, particularly with this control freak, I need to control it all. Blah, blah, blah. Like if you notice yourself going into that, like, just, oh, hang on, my head feels like this. Oh, yeah, I can notice all these things. Let me just like go into my heart and see what's in there. Um, and it's, it's literally little things like this that you can start inserting into your day to just kind of lighten that, that pattern. I, I banned the word busy from my vocabulary. That was actually one of the first steps I took for my control freak. I'm not allowed to say that I'm busy. Come up with a different way to describe this thing that's going on in your life, right? Like, are you really busy or are you stressed? Are you really busy or, you know, so that's another tool for the control freak. It's just like, how else could you describe this thing that's going on? Because chances are it's not really busy. It's something else. And what's been really interesting for me is having spent, God, the best part of the last decade unpicking and dismantling my busy patterns. It was interesting that I noticed myself going things like, oh my God, I need to, and everything was online shopping for a while over here when we were first settling in and the world was still a bit shut down when I arrived in this country. Um and it was all just like, oh, I better, I have to research a thing. I have to get these things for, for the house. And oh, we need hooks. We need hooks for the wall. And um, have I ordered groceries advance? And what about what happens? Like all of that kind of stuff was a lot. And I'm like, wow, that's a busy pattern for me. That is really, yeah, this stuff needs to get done, but it's not like urgent. Noticing like, okay, this is this is coming up again. What can I do about it? So I still have days where I just got caught up in it and I, I still do. But what's really important is what I can identify now is the feeling that shows up in my body. So this is probably a longer way of, of, of sharing with like if you are one of those people who could describe yourself as a, having that inner control freak and maybe you haven't thought about giving it that language until listening to this podcast. You're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it is about control. That is uh, you know what I'm doing. Start to tune into the feeling around it so the moment that you notice whatever it is like really small if you're like oh I'm feeling really busy and stressed even if you could just pause for a moment and be like and how does that busy or stressed feel in my body right now where does it feel in my body like is it a big feeling a small feeling a hot feeling a cold feeling like try and bring it to life a little bit even in a microsecond you can always tune back into to those feelings as well so that feeling knowing what it feels like will help all of the other stuff it's kind of like the portal and so i've been doing a lot of that lately self is just noticing oh that's my busy pattern feeling. thank you for sharing that vulnerable moment as well because i think a big misconception especially in terms of anyone who who works in that self-improvement industry in that personal development industry is that that person has it all together and they never like slip. But as we've already mentioned, it is a practice and we go through different seasons of our lives. And when we are in that moment of uncertainty, it's not our fault that we slip back into those old patterns. It is a coping mechanism that's built into us. It is our brain thinking that this is helpful because maybe that's how we coped with something in the past. And I think something that you really hit on there is that self-awareness of being able to see your own patterns. Um, so let's just touch on that for a moment because you've talked a lot about what busyness can kind of show up as in people's lives. But I think something that I see people struggle with a lot is first being able to get to that place of self-awareness and feeling like they need to be self-aware 24 7 but it that's not really how self-awareness works so for someone who is struggling with first of all having the self-awareness to start seeing their patterns what kind of tips or tools would you recommend for them to connect with themselves in that way first of all just like go easy on yourself like self-awareness is a journey like and it's a never-ending one and you're probably way more than you even realize and honestly and in all of my initial coaching sessions with my clients is they're like oh my god I don't really know anything and blah, blah, blah. and then we spend like 15 minutes talking I'm like you just rattled off a bunch of stuff like you know yourself you know what you want you've just told it to me it's just that you haven't given yourself the space for that to be voiced 
And it's part of the reason why I absolutely freaking love coaching or getting a, a coach or a mentor in your life because it's in my own personal experience and in my client work, my experience is that when you give yourself that permission and you just simply show up, it's the same. I've had the same experience with going, going for therapy, or even going for beautiful or like healing massage treatments, just showing up allows yourself to be witnessed. And in the witnessing is that self, like that self-awareness. So don't go hard on yourself. You probably already know way more than you think. And if something like getting, you know, one of the many types of support is not available to you, get a piece of paper and a pen. Like that's the witnessing. So you don't have to be self-aware. You have to be self-aware all the time. But start with writing. Like literally getting things out of your head has been one of the most therapeutic practices and the most enlightening and kind of helpful tools that I've used. I would really say that. The second piece that really is just, you know, keeps coming up and so I, I want to put it out there and it, and it does link to control-free kind of concept we were just talking about before as well is just, just knowing this, this, this idea or concept that we need both certainty and uncertainty can be game-changing for you as well. Can really help like in that moment that you were just talking about and was like, where do I start with this whole self-awareness thing? Just knowing that, sit down with that piece of paper and pen and just kind of ask yourself, well, what feels really certain right now? Where do I feel? Or what? What? where am I getting my variety from? Where am I getting my adventure from? And just look at those two lists and just say like, well, what parts of those feel like healthy and resourceful and sustainable? And what I mean by that is like, I could keep doing it over and over again. Um, and it's like not going to harm anyone <laughs> um, and it's going to keep me fueled. And what of them kind of feel like they're like blocking you or getting in your way or tripping you up or like making you feel terrible? I love that. I, that is such a, a powerful visualization that you've just given us there. Such a powerful tool, that scale of certainty and uncertainty and looking for those micro moments where that scale tips one way and what are your knee-jerk reactions to that? Because as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, that's such an interesting reflection that I need to do in my own life. Anytime that we speak, you do give me a tool that the next time we speak, I go, I've been using that. <laughs> and it's the same with your book. That's why there's so many passages highlighted in it. Um, and as we're coming to an end, there is another point that I wanted to come back to, which is that concept of joy. Now, you've already touched on the fact that you are a new mama. And I know that many of my listeners are either parents or they work in caregiving roles or as you describe it on your website as um, mothering roles where we have responsibility to each other, maybe because, uh, to other people, maybe because we're a teacher or we have a big responsibility to our family. And something that comes up a lot from my audience around the topic of self-care, around the topic of rest, around the topic of joy and doing things that feel good is, again, touching back into that busyness, that there's no time, that when I have a responsibility to someone else, there is no time for me to make space for this joy in my life. And so I guess you can really speak to this from recent experience, how do we, I guess, get comfortable with the uncomfortableness of making space in our own lives to show up for our joy? Mm, beautiful question. And in some ways, never have I ever had to really dig in and experience this and live and breathe the work that I teach and guide people to in the world as I have in the last 12 to 18 months. And partly because I will say like, I'm super focused on being as present as I possibly can be. Like obviously there are days where I say, I pick up my phone because I'm bored. Like that's a reality. And I'm also really focused on like knowing that this is quality time and slowing time down. And time goes fast, time gets consumed really quickly. Um, there are suddenly a bunch of other, you know, responsibilities um, and your life logistics completely changed, right? So the idea of someone saying to you, "Well, just feel good," or "Go, go do what feels," go, you know, oh, what, it, you know, go, go for a walk, or have a bath, or 
order yourself some nice dinner. Like all of those things are nice and sure they feel good, but like they don't necessarily feel accessible all the time. Like I got to book that stuff into diary, <laughs> you know? So like, I just, I just really want to honor the whole time thing and to tell you that you don't need any of that to feel good. You really don't. You don't need any of the stuff, any of the things, and you probably don't even need the stuff that you used to need because it's all a little bit different. So if you're in any kind of like mothering, nurture role, you're a mama yourself, if you haven't done a little check-in with yourself recently to just check like what does feel good to me, now's a really good time to do that and just bring that back into your awareness. I have a really cool tool on my website just really, which is like uh, 99 ways to feel good. And a lot of them are like little walk or what have you, but what I, what I love in the process of reading a list like that is you start to feel in your body the bits that fire up and you're like, oh, that doesn't work for me or that does work for me. And like you will reinvent it into something that does um, work for you. The starting point is really to get to know your feel goods, I say, like is to get to know, so say using a tool like that, paying attention to your body's response. What eased, what softened, what expanded, what you lit a fire, what got you all jittery, what got you excited? Like, and these might be little tiny little, like little buzzes that you would never have noticed if you didn't just kind of pause for a second. You can do this whilst cooking dinner. You can do it whilst t- going for a wee. Going for a wee is a great time to do things. <laughs> Especially if you're a new mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just, like, when I'm saying things, I feel into that. Like, it, it can be it can be that, that, that kind of easy if you allow it to be. Um, I talk a lot about joy being a muscle and it needs, to therefore be worked out, practice it. So if you've noticed a flutter over thing like, do a little stock take. Have a think about what happened last week. That's it. Just like go through your diary Monday through to Sunday, what happened today, and just notice the people, places, activities, and things in your diary. And just kind of, even if you like have a pen and paper on you, do it, take a little mental stock take in your head, just do a little plus or minus sign, whether it like made you feel a little bit buzzed or a little bit drained, you know, a little bit pumped up or a little bit drained. That in itself is another tool for just tuning into like what feels really good to you. So it's it's a constant practice of that. And then taking it to the next step is to actually allow yourself to experience more of that thing. So for me, that's not the big things right now. It's not like one of my biggest joys and that fills me up a lot, talk about filling up your cup, is going for coffee dates with myself. I've talked about it for years. I've written about it. Um, it's my go slow time, my alone time. It's my creative time. I need a level of spaciousness and alone time in my life. It's where I get business ideas. It's where I process big emotions. It's all of it. It's where I just enjoy people watching. And right now in this particular season of my life, I don't go solo coffee dates that often. Now, I could get really annoyed with that. And let's face it, some days I have been really annoyed with that. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's okay as well. But like, it's like, I, instead of staying annoyed and like, I can't feel good right now, I don't have any. It's like, well, where else can that feeling show up for me in my life? So yesterday after my baby was having a nap and I had a pocket of time where I could lie down and nap with her, it was like, 20 minutes I thought she might last a little bit longer sort of thing or I could go and lie on the you know yogis would call it savasana (laughs) you know just lie um and and maybe do a little bit of stretching and I was really tired low on energy and I knew that on paper a sleep would do me good but what I really wanted what was going to feel good was to have that moment alone but to me that was like my alone my coffee date moment I went and lay on the floor in a different room that's really quiet and I love the energy in that room and I just lay still and did a little bit of stretching for five it probably last seven minutes and then she woke up but like that was my coffee date with myself because it gave me the same feeling it gave me my like my whole body gave me that feeling of ah it gave me that feeling of coming back to myself and like it gave me a sense of familiarity as well like my body soul and feelings know what to do when they're lying on the floor when they're stretching in yoga poses do you know do you know what I mean like when they're alone like 
literally putting myself in a different room as opposed to doing that in the same room as her as well. So I hope that's answering your question. I feel like I could like, there's so much more to unpack here, but like I hope of insight into like, it's not actually the big stuff. And to be honest, it's that smaller stuff that's harder to practice. We don't do it. And so when I talk about joy act- activation, like I actually believe we, we subconsciously stop ourselves from feeling good because we think it ha- like we have all these rules, these unwritten rules that it has to be those big things. But actually, no, I'm going to help you to practice small things because that's how the muscle starts to build. Yeah. I think like that metaphor of it as a muscle is such a good one because if you think about going to the gym, if you have a goal going to the gym, you want to get fit, you want to work out, you want to build muscle, you don't go straight to the biggest weight machine and load on all the weights and pull you start small because you have to build up the muscle and I think the most important point that you hit on there and as you were talking I was just getting like such a calm feeling was that it doesn't have to be big but also joy is a feeling so it doesn't have to look a certain way and we can show up with an energy of joy or find a spark of joy in every season of our life but it's just going to look a little different or it might last a little longer or not as long depending um but we can find it and it's when like from my experience it's when you start to bring your attention to those sparks of joy those little moments that aha moment that you got from doing your savasana and your stretches you can hold on to that and it I guess has this domino effect of adding more joy to the next thing that you do when you show up to it versus doing what as you so well put it what looks good on paper what I should do now is sleep while baby sleeps but then there you're bringing an energy of maybe resentment to the next thing you do because you didn't do that tiny little thing that might just give you that small spark of joy. And it's that leaning into, I am allowed this small spark of joy. That tiny spark can start that fire, if you will, and allow you to show up with joy to everything else. And a nice segue to bring us to our closing question. Obviously, the name of the podcast is Fill Up Your Cup. And we know, as you've so clearly pointed out to us throughout this episode, that you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot pour from your cup when it's filled with busyness. We've got to keep it filled with things that keep that scale balanced. Um, And so the last thing I'd like to ask you is what is something you are doing in your life, in this season of your life to keep your cup topped up? So many things. And the, and the one that prompted, like that came up immediately when you asked is voice noting my besties. So I've had a big, you know, we're in different life logistics at the moment. And one of my besties in particular in London and I'm in Australia we voice note each other all the time and it's like this it's like a never-ending conversation because you're just pinging each other voice notes back and forth and like they're not two minutes they're like 15 20 minute voice notes and they are my soul juice because connection is a really big part of filling my cup up and I may not be accessing it in the way that I usually you know used to perhaps and and so I'm in a season of just kind of finding that the voice notes are just incredible we, we treasure them and we save them up for a pocket of money. you know i got got a message from her the other day saying saved you. i just jumped into the bath um she's also got a little one and runs her own business and um whatnot and she's like i was going to take a podcast on and then i i was really unsure because I worried that the podcast wasn't going to quite hit the mark for what i was in the mood for so i just put your voice note on i was like that's so awesome i love that because i do exactly the same thing i'm like how can I just like save this up? Because yeah, that's, that's and like, soak up all the oh, juiciness. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sure people can relate to that. So to finish up, Danielle, where can people find you and your work if they want to find out more about you and your coaching and your joy activation and your book? Sorry. My website is 
thedaisypatch.co.uk. And Instagram, um, my handle is at thedaisypatch.co. Thank you. And of course, I'll put all of those links in the show notes as well so people can easily find you. Thank you so much for all of the joy that you've shared. This conversation has definitely filled up my cup and I can't wait to go and audit my scales of my certainty and uncertainty. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Danielle and learned some practical tips for managing stress and finding more joy in life. If you want to learn more about Danielle's coaching practice or how to get your hands on her book, Freedom from Busy, which I would highly recommend, be sure to check out her website and all of her links, which I have left in the show notes. If you found this conversation helpful, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform or sharing it with a friend who could use a little more joy in their life. We're all in this together and your support helps me reach more listeners and spread the message of joy, creativity, confidence, and feel goodness. So please leave a review, leave a rating, let me know what you're thinking of the episodes and this season so far. I would really appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, obviously go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you never miss out on new episodes. You can also find and follow the show on Instagram as at fillupyourcuppod. You can send me a DM over there or leave a comment on one of our recent posts and let me know what you thought of this conversation or what's adding joy to your life and your cup right now. I love chatting with you guys over there and growing the community around the podcast. So be sure to go and follow us over there and reach out. Let's chat. Until next time, don't forget to keep filling up your cup and don't forget to spread some joy wherever you go and also in your own life. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know by leaving a review or rating this episode wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast streaming app so that you never miss out on new episodes. If you want to submit a question or a story for a future episode or add to our suggestion cup, you can do so by heading on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also reach out to me by finding the podcast on Instagram as at fillupyourcuppod and you can send me a DM with your questions, stories, or ideas for the show. Don't forget, you can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me you'll do one thing today that brings you joy.